you were paying attention, but for the last four weeks, we had something very unusual happen here at Blessed John 23rd Parish. It didn't happen anywhere else in the diocese, but we heard from each of the four Gospels in the last four weeks. But now we're back to Matthew, which I'm sure you remember is my favorite Gospel. We built, now, tonight is a night to talk a little bit about source criticism. I'm going to introduce you, if you haven't heard it, the two-source hypothesis. We believe that the Gospel of Mark was the first Gospel written, and that both Matthew and Luke were aware of Mark, and they used many of the events in, in the same order, and sometimes even the same words in their story. But Luke and Matthew have a lot of things in common that aren't in Mark. And we believe that there was a collection of sayings of Jesus that both uh, Matthew and Luke knew about and used. And the really neat thing about the Gospel of Matthew is the way Matthew takes those sayings and the order he puts them in. The Gospel of Matthew is organized as the teaching gospel. It's the most influential of the Gospels. And Jesus gives five long teaching discourses in it. Why five? Five is to show that he is the new Moses. Just as there were the five books of the Torah, there are the five discourses. The first of those five discourses is the most famous, you all know it, the Sermon on the Mount. And we are working our way through that. The problem with the Sermon on the Mount is we all know it, we all love it, and we start to just think it's folk wisdom. You know, Jesus didn't say, blessed are the nice. He said... Blessed are the peacemakers, which actually means we have to do something. And tonight, he's calling us to be salt and light. Let us hear those words tonight as the challenging, life-giving word of God that it is. And if you need help figuring out what it means to be salt and light, just listen to the first reading from Isaiah. He spells it out. Let's hear that last line again. Just so... Your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. In three and a half weeks on Ash Wednesday, we will hear from the next chapter of the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus tells us to give alms in secret, to pray to our heavenly Father in secret, and to fast in secret. So which is it? Let our light shine before others or hide it under a bushel basket? I think the criterion is about motivation. Here, it talks about doing this so others may glorify God. In the next chapter, he says, don't be like the hypocrites who call attention to themselves. So the question is, are we doing our good deeds to glorify God? Or are we doing our good deeds to glorify ourselves? I think back to the two church communities that did the most to nourish me before I ever considered becoming a priest. And these were good friends of mine that I would socialize with quite a bit. And in both of those groups, it took several years before I learned of all the things they were doing to be light to the world. Serving in soup kitchens, tutoring, advocating for social justice, helping the elderly, making substantial charitable donations, etc., 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 It was so inspiring. But I think if I had known sooner, would I have been more inspired to transform my own self into salt and light for the world? 
Last weekend, the graduate students and young professionals group discussed the similes of salt and light in detail. And we talked a lot about, well, light can be used in so many ways. What is Jesus getting at when he says to be light for the world? And we decided that the best way to talk about was that light is a beacon. When we are alone, or anyone is alone in the valley of darkness, even one small light on a hilltop can guide a person to safety. Back to the first question. Are we doing our good deeds to glorify God or ourselves? Well, I think for most of us, we usually have mixed motivations. I think a lot of us are so caught up on how sinful we are and how unworthy we are that we presume that we're doing the right things for the wrong reasons. I think a lot of times that is Satan saying, don't do those good deeds because you're being selfish. Don't do those good deeds, or if you do, for heaven's sake, don't tell anybody. That might give them hope in the gospel. I would suggest, if you're not sure, if your good deeds are glorifying God or yourself, to presume that you're glorifying God. And therefore, it's good for people to know what you're doing. Jesus calls us to be salt so that we may give flavor to the whole world. And he calls us to be light so that we may lead the whole world out of darkness. And to illustrate that point, I'd like to teach you a traditional American spiritual from Sea Island, Georgia. Let your little light shine, shine, shine. Let your little light shine, oh my Lord. There might be someone down in the valley trying to get home. I told you you have to do more than just listen. Let's try it together. Let your little light shine, shine, shine. Let your little light shine, oh my Lord. There might be someone down in the valley trying to get home. If the city is set on the mountain, who is down in the valley? It may be me, or it may be you. It may be your brother or your sister too. There might be someone down in the valley trying to get home. So let your little light shine, shine, shine. Let your little light shine, oh my Lord. There might be someone down in the valley trying to get home. Let's put it another way. Marianne Williamson wrote a very beautiful passage back in 1992. And those of you who graduated from high school after that very well may have heard this at graduation. But I think it applies to all of us about being light. She says... Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You 
are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. If a small light on a hill can guide someone out of the valley of darkness, how much more can that light do when it is joined to hundreds or thousands or millions of others? So go ahead. Dare to feel adequate. Strive to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous. Listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Share your bread with the hungry. Shelter the oppressed and the homeless. Clothe the naked. Lead a social justice protest. Go on a retreat. For those of you this applies to, entertain that thought about becoming a priest or a sister. Change your major. Blaze a new career trail. Ask that special someone to go out with you. Rekindle the romance in your marriage. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So let your little light shine, shine, shine. Let your little light shine, oh my Lord. There might be someone down in the valley trying to get home. So let your little light shine, shine, shine. Let your little light shine, oh my Lord. There might be someone down in the valley trying to get home.